Here in Portugal, we have one main sport, a sport that everyone loves, that everyone plays and watches. All the other sports cannot even touch the heels of this sport, the sport that we call the king of all sports, and it's called football. For my American friends listening to this, no, it's not the same football as what you are used to. In this one, there's a little bit less contact. I believe you call it soccer. But yeah, I will call it football because it's my football. Growing up, playing football was always a must. In every recess, every break that I was in with my friends, we would try to come up with a ball. Even when we had no ball, we would just kick some stones or Legos, whatever. Anything that would give us the feeling of playing this amazing sport. There is only one problem, or there was only one problem. I was not very good at it. Yeah. Growing up in Portugal, loving to play the sport, but not being good at it means that you are not called first when they are picking teams. It means that they will try to put you as a goalie. And it means that in everything related to soccer or football, you are always the second choice. Unless you have a ball. So let me explain this to you. Back in the fifth grade, up to maybe ninth grade or something, we were always waiting for the ring of the bell. This bell would basically determine when the classes were over and the recess was about to start. And the moment that happened, one of our friends would run down to the field so that we could get a goalpost, so that we could play. You know, goalposts are limited in a school. You only have maybe four of them and you want to play with your friends and without a goalpost, it's not as fun, right? So one of you, normally the fastest, they would just run, run, run and reserve and book that goalpost. And then all the other would come to help defend the goalpost because obviously, even if you are the first one, someone could just kick you out, right? But if all of your buddies are there, they would just protect you and say, hey, hey, no, 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 we have a ball. And then, always, in the end of the line, there would be the person coming with the ball and they would rule the world. Who owns the ball? Who owned the ball? Basically owned the game. They could kick people out. They could invite people in. They were the stars. In, I believe it was 2004, it was the Euro Cup, Euro Cup here in Portugal. I think it was the first Euro Cup ever here in Portugal. And there was a special ball. In every main competition, they normally design a ball just for that competition. And I nagged my parents. I really nagged my parents that, and I asked them, can I get this special ball? Because with all these balls, there's always a new technology and they always say that it's better and easier to shoot and manage. And of course, the prices would also be really expensive. But I nagged them and nagged them and nagged them and I finally got that ball, that beautiful, 
golden. Actually, it was not golden. It was silver. Now I remember. I'm like kind of picturing the ball in my head with a silver ball and re- really beautiful, actually. And I got it. And suddenly, I became the guy that was unnoticed that everyone picked second to the guy with the ball, the guy that ruled, the guy that mattered. Everyone was coming to me and saying, hey, Tiago, okay, so I'll run to the field and then you'll come. I was part of the team. I was part of the whole scheme of things. It felt good. Then, eventually, someone kicked my ball out of the boundaries of the school and I lost it. I lost. But it was good. It was good while it lasted. And... It's funny. It's funny how the perspective of, of others, the perspective others have in relation to you can change so fast based on a material thing, based on something you achieve. When I was building my other projects, right, I I never found the same success as you know as I did with Podsquiz. And of course that this does not mean that people wouldn't take me seriously. I had great feedback and I met amazing people through this podcast, through the community and all my other projects. And people will or would take me seriously, but nothing compared with a project that is actually growing every month, a project that people totally love, a project with product market fit. So I've been feeling, again, like the guy with the ball. (laughs) Like the guy that everyone everyone wants to be connected with. And now we have been negotiating. We have been negotiating a lot of interesting deals. When we first started PodSquiz, we wanted to make something really fast. We had one week. Every week we would come together, João and I, and we would decide if we wanted to continue one more week. We did the same with the Indie Lottery before that, and eventually we decided to stop it. So I told Joel, okay, I think I can build a proof of concept in one week. And when I did that, I tried to find a bunch of APIs. APIs that would basically allow me to create the product faster. I wanted one API, one API to do the transcription. And the idea here is that I basically only send the audio to them and they send me the text the transcription of this episode. And then I need another one, which was the GPT one, the one that would take this transcription and generate all the assets. The GPT one was obvious which one I would use. It's the OpenAI one, right? It's the only one at the, at this point. But the transcription is API. There's many, many of them. And I, was, I did just quick search. I didn't want to spend too much time analyzing the pricing and the quality. I just wanted to test it out. And I found one. I found one called Rev, Rev AI. And it kind of worked really well. The API was very simple to use and I was able to install it really fast. And it has a pay-as-you-go service. So I don't have to pay in advance. I just pay as I use it. And it worked really well. It worked really well for the first week, for the second week, and it's still working really well. However, there is a huge issue to it. Its price is very, very pricey. And now that we are trying to scale this up, especially with the fact of having the free tier, we cannot afford this API. It's too expensive. So we decided that it was time. It was time to start negotiating prices. We started negotiating 
negotiating first with Rev AI, but unfortunately they couldn't give a plan that were, we were happy with. So we started finding a bunch of other players. And I, I don't want to say the players, I don't want to say their name because I believe that this is really important for our business. So I prefer not to say. But we interviewed with a lot of them. Five, six, seven of them. And suddenly, it felt good. It felt that they really wanted us as their client. It was really easy to set up meetings with them. And even when we seemed not too interested in their product or when we asked for feedback, they're always there. Always there. It was really incredible. We were even comparing different prices and we were really open. We were really open about the prices that their competitors were giving us. And one interesting thing is that each one of these members of the sales team, they were really good. They were really, really good. First of all, they would insist, but not in a, an annoying way. And they always made us feel wanted, like we matter for this, their business. And I know that we are growing and we would show our growth projections. They would get excited, but we are still very, very far from their biggest clients, for sure, right? I mean, we don't have, I think we are now reaching 180 paying users, which is great, it's really good, but they have much, much bigger fish. But still, they wanted us there. It, it made us feel really good. And um, we were negotiating a lot, and it's, it's interesting, because this process takes a long time. We find a good price from one of the providers, and then we test it out. And it turns out that it's not working as well as we thought. Or it's not working for all the languages we wanted. Or it's too slow. So then we consider other player that maybe is a little bit more expensive. But it's faster. Or it has better results. And within the results spectrum, there's two things that for our business, PodSqueeze, are really important. One is the accuracy, obviously, right? We wanted to catch as much words as possible and names and everything. And as well, that it must work in multiple languages. And it's funny because we always tested with one or two episodes. There was one episode that we're always testing all of the systems against. And can you guess which episode this would be? It's an episode from this podcast. It's an interview. It's Peter Level's interview. And if you guessed it, congratulations. Yeah, we're always testing with this because it's an episode that got a lot of success. It's an episode that is an interview and it's an episode that is not that easy to transcribe because um, Peter and myself, we were always kind of mumbling and uh, we would say a lot of likes and kind of change topics mid-sentence. So it, it was not very easy. And we would immediately see if the transcription was accurate or not by the name. A lot of them, they did not get Peter Level's name, which should be somehow easy, right? Peter Level's. I'm not even asking for it to transcribe as his name is. So it's actually P-I-E-T-E-R. But okay, it's fine. Most of them would just get with Peter. But the Level's part, some of them would say Level's, Lawful's, completely different names. Anyways, we tried to get and, and measure the accuracy. It was mostly a, 
eyeball kind of measure. We would just read through it and, and try to see if we understand. And there were a bunch of problems that we found. Uh, besides the accuracy, uh, for instance, sometimes they would get in the sentence, Peter knows that it would actually write, Peter knows, you know, from your face. So these were the kind of things that we wanted to avoid. Besides that, we also wanted it to be readable. If Peter is saying, but, or, uh, or repeating words like I, 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 I don't want it to read I, I, I. I just want it also to be smart enough so that it removes and cleans the text so that people can actually reuse this transcription. So that's the first part. And we were comparing a lot of these players. The second part was one thing called diarization. Diarization is the process of splitting the transcription into different speakers. He needs to be able to understand if it's me speaking or Peter speaking and show who is speaking. And this obviously is, there are some interviews where it's easier to do this, right? If it's, for instance, a female voice and a male voice, which normally have different frequencies. However, with my voice and Peter, sometimes they would get too close and the machine, the AI would not know if it was me or him speaking. So we also were measuring this because not getting this right can also change a lot the results. It might kind of confuse us both and take conclusions that are not necessarily correct. So we were always analyzing this. At the same time, we wanted to have something that is stable and fast. And it was cool. It was really cool, this process, to feel that we were wanted, to feel that this salespeople that these teams were doing everything they could, including changing their algorithms for us to accommodate pod squeeze. So that felt really good. In the end, after two weeks of meetings and interviews, we believe we have found one really good partner, one partner that will reduce our costs by three or four times, which is really, really amazing. But I don't want to spoil it. It's still not active. It's still not there. And we are still waiting a little bit to the whole integration. And once we were in the middle of these conversations, we got another email, a very interesting email, an email that upon reading it immediately rang a bell. It was an email from AppSumo. I told you last episode that we were negotiating with them. And for the ones that do not know, AppSumo is basically a LTD marketplace. LTD stands for Lifetime Deal. So it's a marketplace that uh, where companies can go there and sell their SaaS for one price only, one payment, and people can access it for the rest of their lives, or at least the life of this SaaS. This is normally used to get awareness, as a marketing tool or to raise money. Instead of actually giving equity, you can just give your software for an initial price and then you raise a lot of money. I knew about this because it's a tool, it's a marketplace that is really used, a lot used by a lot of the indie makers out there. A lot of them from our community, from the WB community, have already used it. So I kind of knew what it was and I knew it was a big deal. But normally... The people that I knew that got their product in AppSumo, they went to the website and they registered themselves. Never they had someone for AppSumo actually reaching out to them and saying, hey, 
we want to sponsor a campaign for PodSquiz. We want to do a select campaign. A select campaign is basically a campaign where AppSumo will actually pay. They will invest money into ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, and everything so that they will bring more traction for your AppSumo launch. We were very excited. Joe and I were very excited at first because we thought, first of all, yes, cool. You know, we are getting some attention. And second of all, it might be a great opportunity. But at the same time, it can also be risky because giving our deal, our SaaS for a one-time payment might mean that in the long term, we'll be losing money. So we got a bit concerned. We had our first meeting uh, with one of the members of AppSumo, really, really nice guy. And again, very interested in having us as a client. So it made us feel good. And after that, Joe and I were not sure on what we should do. And I decided to take the business approach. I opened my Google Sheets and started crunching the numbers. I tried to predict everything. I know it's hard to do so, but there's already a lot of things that we can somehow predict because there's a lot of numbers that we already know. We know how much one minute costs for us, one uh, podcasting minute costs for us. We know how many minutes users normally use. We know their conversion rate, their drop rate, and as well, the AppSumo people also told us a lot of really interesting um, figures. For instance, one thing that they told us that I found really interesting is that 20% of the people that actually buy the LTD, they never activate it. They just want to buy it in case they one time they, they need it, but a lot of them just do not activate it. So all of these figures were really important. And I crunched all the numbers. I put everything together and I tried to predict how much money we would make in the next year, two years, and so on. At first, immediately sound impossible. When I checked the, the packages we wanted to do, because as well, AppSumo, they want to sell a lot of these packages, so they kind of encourage you to, you know, make a great deal, let's say like this, give a lot of minutes for uh, as less money as possible. And of course, that, that sounds completely impossible. We're just checking, okay, in basically three or four months, we'll be already losing money because our costs are that high. But then we had our conversation. We had another meeting with them. In total, we had three meetings. And again, they were super accommodating. And they said, no, it's okay. Let's make this work. They increased a little bit their margin. They, they did a lot of things that somehow made the numbers much more comfortable for us. I also tried to consider how much traffic AppSumo would bring because the AppSumo campaign runs, runs for one month, but after that, there's always still the re repercussions of this campaign. Like with Product Hunt, I launch, there's a one, one launch day, but for the next two weeks, we're still getting traffic, and it's the same with AppSumo. So I tried to predict that, but still, it was not, it, it was kind of very close, but it was still a little bit risky, because after a year, we would be losing money. So... Now, and this is where everything kind of comes together. Now with the new pricing, if we are able to negotiate better pricing, better than RevAI, we might actually have a great deal. Might actually have a deal where we do not lose money because now our cost per minute is much, much lower. Funny enough, 
in the end of the day, we actually found a deal or a, a set of numbers, a set of packages that would work for us. And keep in mind that even though we didn't add this to our numbers, it could also be that there's the right person finding our product, like a big agency, let's say Spotify, finds our product because of AppSumo or a big agency like BBC, and that would increase our profit margins by a lot. So even though that's something we didn't consider in our numbers because we cannot predict and chances are that this will not happen, it's still something that can happen, right? So if we are making money with a very conservative deal, then it can just get better. It can also get worse, but most likely it will just get better if you are very, very conservative. So yes, with the new pricing and with the adjustments the AppSumo people did, it would work for us. But then Joe and I look at each other and said, like, do we want to really do this? Do we want to do this? Because it's a lot of work. We need to implement their API, AppSumo's API. And then once there's the launch, there'll be tons of people asking us questions and asking us for to change stuff. And is it really something that at this moment we want to do? Will we want to spend our summer answering these kind of requests? Do we have enough information about our business that will for sure tell us that this will be a good deal? In the end, we decided not to go for it, at least not, not now. We sent a message to our um, to the sales representative of AppSumo and he said, actually at first he was still insisting. He was like, hey, okay, what if we do something else? He was kind of negotiating. Again, I was feeling good, the man with the ball, you know, everyone wants to play. But we look, we really thought about it and he said like, no, we don't want to do this. And there's something amazing about having your indie product. In one hand, it's much harder to do things like this because all the money, all the investment you're making is coming from your own pocket. For example, AppSumo only pays you 60 days after the campaign, right? So this means that for these first 60 days, you need to invest this money. All the money that is spent with all the users that are actually coming and using the minutes, that's coming from our own pockets. And only after 60 days, AppSumo will pay us. And this money is coming from us. There's no investors. There's no, like, the company itself does not have money. It's us. We basically share everything. So that's kind of a downside of having a bootstrap company. But a good thing about it is that we don't own, own any justifications to anyone. We have no investors. It's only us. So maybe if we had investors, they'll be like, yeah, I don't care. You spend your whole summer answering requests because... We are going to do AppSumo because we basically own 30% of the company, whatever. But no, they don't have to do this. And we can actually have fun with our project and do things that we actually care about. You know, we fully own the soccer ball. You know, we don't share the soccer ball cost with anyone. It's just ours. And that's amazing. It's, it's such a great sensation. It, it makes me smile when I wake up because I know this is our business, and we can actually have fun with it. So, yeah, we decided not to go with the deal, and I'm quite happy with this decision. It does not mean, though, that we'll never do an AppSumo launch. We might do it. We just said that, hey, let's wait six months, 
let's wait some time because it's been only, it's not even been two months since we first launched at Pond Squeeze and we don't know anything about it. There's still a lot of things to learn. There's still a lot of numbers to crunch. There's still a lot of improve, improvements to make as well. Improvements that will make the whole support process much easier once they are implemented. At the same time, we actually don't need it at the moment. We have a great marketing strategy with the cold emailing and actually a lot of people are just coming to our product. So even though we might not be growing super fast and that's something that obviously we would like to see, we're growing and we are happy with this growth because it's only the two of us. So that's really cool. I'm loving the whole process of starting a bootstrapped company. I feel that there's a lot of things that I don't know. So I might start again doing more interviews and I'll try to focus more on this part. Like you get a bootstrap business, you get product market fit. How do you actually grow that? So I might start doing this. In the meantime, we are kind of doubling down in all of our marketing efforts, the efforts that are actually working. We are trying not to create too much. If you have something that is working, let's just do double it or triple of what we're doing and see if it scales. And yeah, that's basically it. This week, I'll be out. I will actually be in Amsterdam. So if you're in Amsterdam and you want to grab a beer, indie beer, just shoot me a DM on Twitter, WBTiago. And uh, yeah, next week, I'll be back for more pod squeeze. So... That's all for today's episode. It's a short one, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to support this podcast, you can become a member of our community. It's a community for indie makers and you'll meet a lot of makers there and you can uh, kind of support each other and get feedback and everything. The link will be in the show notes and it costs 10 bucks for month and um, per month and actually you'll be as well supporting this podcast. If you want to try PodSqueeze, the link will also be in the show notes. And if you want to send me feedback about our tools or this podcast or whatever you want to chat about, DM me at WBTiago. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time. <laughs>